think about it, at least one spy has probably had to do some gay shit in history, just never talked about it. I'm Nato Kitch, and tonight on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we look at Richard Marr Griffin's 2018 camp spy movie, codenamed Dynastud. But because we want to win, so we have to spy hard, I'm joined by two former spies who share their expertise. First up, she's got quite the collection of cat suits, but that's unrelated. It's Amelia. Hi, my name is Secret Agent, codenamed Debs. <laughs> I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. Nice callback. <laughs> Very nice callback. <laughs> the best I could come up with on the fly like that. <laughs> Next up, they know seven different languages, one of which is actually real. It's Roe. Uh, hello, my name is Ro, but um, because we got this prompt five minutes before we started recording, I've left my spy name selection process up to one of those first initial month you were born in memes. So let's check it out. Um, I'm either Danger Peanut or Super Cheese. Danger I like Danger Peanut. Peanut, yeah. Danger <laughs> Peanut, yep, that's the one. <laughs> I'm codenamed Danger Peanut, and you can find me on twitch.tv slash susqueenrow. Full disclosure, Richard Mar Griffin is my favorite working director and has a movie coming out this year called Disorienting Dick, and it looks fantastic specifically for me. Uh, Mark Griffin started out doing camp movies like Atomic Brain Invasion, Creature from the Hillbilly Lagoon, and none of that, which we previously covered on this podcast. As his career went on, his movies got more and more, let's just say they found a gay audience, uh, with films like Strap for Danger and the short Gay as the Sun. You know what to do, boo-boo, spoilers ahead, here we go. Okay, so a lot is going on in this movie. What you need to know is that an asshole anti-gay Republican named Teddy Highwater, hashtag not all Republicans, is running for president, but his daughter is a slut, so they offer a deal with a recently present gay twink that if he marries her, gives her a child, and sticks around for 11 years, he can be free because homosexuality is illegal again. Meanwhile, Dynastud... Meanwhile, Dynastud, a secret agent who was given superpowers by an orb that make him sexy as hell, but also makes it so that if he has sex with someone, they die via his climax, is looking for a quote-unquote pure individual foretold by prophecy to help him revive his cryogenically frozen lover, Bruce Lee. Hashtag not that Bruce Lee. Oh, and Teddy Hightower creates a straight ray that he plans to use on Dynastud and Bart, uh, the twink. So, so, so much is in this movie. Will Dynastud be reunited with his lover, Bruce Lee? Will Teddy Hightower turn a gay man straight and father his grandson? Will Bart get some dick that doesn't lead to his arrest? The only way to find out is by watching Codename Dynastud, available on Vimeo. So, from cowboys to gay spies, what did y'all think? Um, my first thoughts on this movie were, um, let me find it. This movie gives me two penis rule vibes, <laughs> and boy, did Codename Dynastud not disappoint. <laughs> there were three penises. With a total of, no, there were four penises. Were there not four penises? There were four penises. There were, I think. I uh, counted four penises. That's the equivalent of watching two eating out movies. <laughs> two eating out movies for the price of one. 
Look at that. Richard Mark Griffin is already a better... A visionary. A visionary. Just, <laughs> I mean... Bringing us into a four-penis era. <laughs> what do you think, Amelia? I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was charming. It was a joy to watch. Um, you know, it, I wish I had seen it... Um, closer to when it had come out in the height of the Trump presidency uh, to really, like, get even more enjoyment out of some of the jokes. But overall, um, I, I really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> yeah, some of the punches that they make in this movie seem pretty pointed, if you ask me. Yeah, 1,000%. <laughs> oh, man. You can really tell just from, like, the fact that none of that was like a pretty much a decade before this film, how punchy sort of like the comedy has become in his movies, like how quick it is and like uh, how most of uh, like the most of the punchlines just like land perfectly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think. Sorry, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um I think that this this one had a lot of, like, really punny punches that I really got enjoyment out of. Uh, like, I think early in the movie, when we first see a head explode, when he climaxes, he said something about, I just need to get a head start. <laughs> I was laughing at that for a solid, like, minute or so. I thought that was really funny. Um, and I think, too... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I think... <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, I really love the moment when, um, after they've kidnapped Bart and for telling him that they're forcing him to marry Hightower's daughter, uh, Penelope, is that what her name is? Patty. I think it's Patty. Is her name really Patty? She's when he's like, I don't I don't think she much likes the idea of marrying a god criminal or something. And Patty's like, oh no, not a god criminal. She looks at Bart like, I am going to tear you in half. And I believe she makes uh she explicitly says that, in fact, when she says, I'm gonna fuck you so hard, I'm gonna break your dick in half. So, you know, <laughs> That was the next scene. <laughs> I, I like. I also liked like. Um, there's this. Uh, there's a scene near the end where uh, spoilers. Dice. I guess turned straight by the Ray as like the explanation for how he has like sex with Bruce Lee and Bart is her basically saying, "Oh, it's not gay if a girl watches," you know, um, or if the testicles touch, or <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was like, especially for like. Uh, uh, I've heard that so much, and I think I want that tattooed on me, is that it, right above my ass, I just want, it's not gay if a girl watches, so. Um, <laughs> I also really liked, I also really liked uh, uh, the agents sent to retrieve Bart, and their attempts to be gay, like dressing up as like two of the members of the Oh YMCA. god, that shit was so funny. <laughs> One of or, or, one of them no. was doing vastly better than the other. Was the one was the one oh, and guy can we talk? dubbed over? I was so confused by that. 
They're all dubbed over. I think over. a lot of people in this movie were dubbed over. They're all dubbed oh, over, to they? my knowledge. Like, every single person in this movie. Yeah, that... Yeah. And in a lot of his movies, like, I think that every character is dubbed over. Don't quote me on that, but, like, <coughs> that's what it seems like, is that every character is oh, dubbed in post. Which probably explains... Which probably explains why they can do, like, uh, movie year after year with, like, such a small Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Just don't... Just cut out the sound crew. We can do it in post. Um, But as long as we're on the joke... As long as we're on the jokes, uh, both this and now that have some questionable jokes in them, uh, would you say this movie is tamer with its targets? Um, Because it did feel like... Uh, from the impressions we had, a lot of the jokes in none of that were punching down uh, instead of sort of like punching up. Yeah, I, I, I have conflicted feelings. Um, I think most of the jokes were pretty good. Um, I do think calling your evil bad guys MAGA is a little bit on the nose. But then again, most of the MAGA crowd are not even going to watch this ever. So, in the end, does it really matter? Yeah. You know what I mean? According to Madonna, nothing really matters. Love is all we need. I think that's what, I think that's what Madonna Somebody said. Somebody said that, I'm sure. S- somebody said that. We'll, we'll just go... It we're just might gonna, as well <laughs> have been Madonna. <laughs> We need a running joke where we just, like, make up quotes that Madonna said, and since she's been around for so long, no one's going to check it. Just is that like, a... Yeah, Madonna said that. Is that a fucking Psyduck? Madonna. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Let's, let's make it a yeah. thing. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, realism in the humor um, with this film, and I don't know, like, I'm conflicted about whether that realism was necessarily a good thing or just, like, a little too, uh, too, as Rose said, on the nose. Uh, you know, like, the Teddy Hightower, I could see him being a legitimate candidate for president, and I didn't know how to feel about that. <laughs> Teddy Hightower, by the way, carries a gun on his person at all times and is very all, not yeah. afraid to and use what, like, it. Isn't one of his posters, like, I who has uh, two thumbs and believes in the Second Amendment, and it's literally like him holding up a gun? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I want that poster, to be honest. I, not because that's what I believe. I just, like, I like the, I, I like the aesthetic of it. It's the graphic design. A... <laughs> you should uh, use it. <laughs> Like, his introduction to the movie was a big shock for me. It really kind of set the tone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Speaking of it, so, we ha- this is technically our <laughs> second comedy spy film we've yeah. watched. Isn't that correct? Codename Debs. Um, so we watched Debs last season, and which is, you know, different genre movie arguably different audience it wouldn't be fair to compare them like overall like as which movie is better but how do you think this film approached the spy genre differently than that film or at least like you know uh aspects that i mean we i think one with, like, spy big films. difference 
which I think is kind of the, the main obvious one, is that obviously, like, Debs was a little more like Charlie's Angels, right? Um, whereas this was very obviously more modeled after, yeah. like, a Bond yeah. film. True, yeah. true. It had the opening. Had the it martini had the theme glasses. Song. It had the. <laughs> it the, had the heads had exploding main, from sex. Yeah, a main male lead who couldn't find a, a, a lasting and realistic relationship with anybody. Yeah. Like, very kind of James Bond aesthetic. Hashtag Although I think it probably could have <laughs> leaned agree. into that aesthetic. I agree. I would have liked more, to have seen. To be honest. Well, I guess there was Bart, but I was about to say like I would have liked to see like more of like a Bond girl esque like sidekick. Like, you know, make Bart a little more Bond girl esque. Yeah. And I'm. I also was really missing that kind of, you know, surprise yeah. bond, bet you didn't expect to see me here. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that would have worked with the campiness of the movie a lot better, too. <laughs> they should have, yeah, they should have codenamed really Bart Pussy Good Boy. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> And the uh, anti-gay yes. ray, I think they should have made it, like, massive and targeted the whole Earth with it. I mean, you're flying into space to a Canadian maple syrup reserve. Why not, like, take over the maple syrup reserve, install your huge anti-gay ray, and, like, threaten the world and make that, like, the crux of the action instead of some like half-baked romance with not that Bruce Lee <laughs> it's sorry it's hashtag not that Bruce Lee. yeah I think it would have been hashtag really funny to Lee. see like <laughs> or like you know like point the ray specifically at the at the bottoms up club bar place and threaten them that way as the super villain like you have this massive yeah yeah uh ray Oh my god, in my head now, I'm me melding together Dr. Horrible sing-along yeah. blog with this movie, and I'm really sad that's not the direction it went. Right? <laughs> this movie could have been great if only it had a huge world-ending space ray. That's all I'm asking for in my Bond movies, is a huge world-ending space ray. <laughs> So let's go. Let's go on and talk about some of the characters in this. Uh, which characters were your favorites? Patty. <laughs> I actually did like Bart. Pat, no, Patty. You're right. Patty is the best character in the movie. <laughs> but I like that Bart had the sense to be like, I feel like I'm getting played by fate here, and I'm not sure that I appreciate it, which is a very sensible. Take yeah, I agree. Bobby. And but you're right, Patty is a plus. Like, I did best here. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say Which I character... did also like Bart though. Um, I mean, I think he could have been taken further as a character, right? But I liked, I liked some of like the moments he like had a lot. 
like where he like refuses to fight because he's a pacifist. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I have to be pure of heart. And they had like this little moment <laughs> yeah. that was good and like kind of meaningful where he's like, well, some things are worth fighting for, though. And I think in that moment, like specifically what they were fighting for. Yeah, like. Fucking your rights as a gay person, like, are absolutely always worth fighting for, you know? How would he know that Dynastud's jism tastes like liquefied beef jerky if the power of Dynastud's ejaculate is enough to blow something? Maybe he drank it in a cup or something, I don't know. How? <laughs> the cup would I, I think we're verging on the kryptonite condom uh, uh, conversation. So let's just move on to which characters were your least favorite. <laughs> um, oh, God. I, I honestly want to say the, the, the MAGA agent, the other MAGA agent, not the... Not the construction. Oh worker, yeah, the, y- the 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 guy that dressed up as the YMCA, like Native American character, in the bar. Yeah, yeah he was just annoying the oh, whole time, <laughs> and I like every time he was on screen, I yeah. kind of just wanted. Him I don't know. To oh, the voice up. was too much, like that he did the. Well, I, I think yeah, it was also the voice like of Bruce Lee. Oh, was it? I think so. Yeah, I thought it sounded this similar. Uh, so I have a fun fact real fast, because as you know, I've looked way too much into things. Um, so one of the people that worked on the screenplay for this was Scott Phillips, uh, who Mar Griffin worked with early on with the film The Stink of Flesh, which Phillips directed in, I'm pretty sure, actually New Mexico. <laughs> um... So, uh, knowing that this is the same director uh, as none of that, um, how would you describe how his style has evolved since that film uh, nearly a decade before? I think that camp has been honed in on a little more. Um, I, so I think I remember liking none of that and how campy it was. I feel like uh, the campiness in this one was turned up a little bit just to kind of like a really good degree for the most part. Yeah, it feels like in some ways a little bit of a spiritual Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Because they kind of, they both have this kind of attitude where like they don't, like they know they're throwing punches and they don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? Like this... This hell yeah, I've got punch. I'd like to point out that this movie is a lot more colorful uh, than none of that, which had yeah. a lot of like reds and stuff. This had a lot, and I believe we brought up like th- the idea of like theater set lighting. <laughs> I think Ro, you were the, actually the one who said that like. Did this did this guy uh, like grow up in the theater? Because like there's just theater lighting everywhere. Um, and I there's a lot more that, yes. like uh, <laughs> there's a lot more color in this. The sets are a lot more artificial. Like they're set up like on a theater stage yeah. and filmed there. Uh, and like there's a lot more artificialness, but it gives it a lot more charm because 
it's a lot more like everything felt like it was made for this film instead of like uh, pre-existing uh, uh, locations right. and stuff. This none of that had more like of a, a live action of a feel, <laughs> you know, like um, like I have this stand light and these five gels and we're going to light the whole movie this way. Whereas this is like, we rented out a studio. We've built ourselves a forest. (laughs) We're going to slap a, we're going to slap a naked uh, man right into the middle of it. (laughs) This one definitely had more budget. I saw, I saw the trees in the forest and I just go, I used to have that fake tree. <laughs> growing up, that's so funny. It was, it was, it was by the door mm. in the little like uh, nook <laughs> by the window, and that made me happy. Um, what aspects of this movie would you have changed to make it stronger to a wider audience? Mm. Five penises. I, I think at that point it really would just be a porn, right? This movie should have been a porn! <laughs> <laughs> I said that really loudly and there are other people in the house where I'm recording this, but this movie should have been a porn! <laughs> Sorry, Rose Parks. <laughs> You're very nice. I appreciate the Christmas card. Please don't, please don't bar me. Glad you liked it. We worked really hard on that one. <laughs> I really liked. I really liked the look on your face, like just so full of joy, while you're like like you were trying to have more joy than your parents yeah. and the dog and the over, dog. Just bursting um, with joy, <laughs> practically burgeoning. Um, do, do you think that this movie necessarily needed? Uh, a wider audience. Uh, I think to reach the a wider people audience. that will find this movie are exactly the people that it was meant for. Yes, agreed, <laughs> agreed. Like I said earlier, I don't really think that like getting this movie a wider audience is necessarily a smart thing, considering how like how many punches they're throwing towards the mega crowd. I don't think the mega crowd needs to know that this movie exists. <laughs> Let Can them be blissful. I just blissful say, you know, that the Russian hackers. Go ahead. Can I just say though that the Russian hackers cracked me up? Oh my up. god! Yeah. <laughs> I'd almost forgotten about them. I want y'all. Oh. <laughs> uh... I kind of, I kind of want to hang out with them. To be honest, they seem really nice. <laughs> Lovely bunch of fellas. Oh yeah. I just want to, I just want to point out, like in about ten years, less than ten years, I guess, we'll be pointing to this movie and saying that, like, it's it would be like the same kind of dated that like Nine Dead Gay Guys with its South Park humor was like <laughs> to us. Anyway, um, let's see, um, what do you think this movie could have changed, uh, or for you, 
Like, what do you think the major flaws of this movie are? As much as it, um, as much as it turned out the campiness to like a good place, I think it could have taken it even a little bit further, um, and really kind of satirized and like leaned into that James Bond image. Um, yeah, I think this yeah. this movie suffers from a condition called too much plot. <laughs> I also think too the plot's, plot's really just. It's it's very straightforward. Like even in Bond films, there's like some sense of like a mystery or a conspiracy that has to like be found out and thwarted, and you don't really have that in this. Everything's just very straightforward in a way until like the very end, where there's like a few uh, uh, you know twists and stuff like that. I felt like they. I felt like maybe go with me for a second i feel like so so bart's getting married to patty maybe the reason that he wants bart isn't so much that he can like revive his lover it's that you know he gets something of like high he finds something of high towers or something like that that is useful to dynastud and dynastud is trying to get it from him yeah right i feel I feel like it's just very, like I said, I feel like it's very, it's not that it's not enjoyable because the straightforwardness leads to like a lot of great moments and a lot of uh, just like good, like back and forth right. dialogue and character development. But it felt like, you know, even with the comedy, you know, you could still add like a little bit of mystery for like the audience to find out as things go along. Everything's kind of like handed to us. Um, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> Because I think that would be a completely different movie. Um, yeah, I feel... Do you I think... Feel like that this movie had, like, so many, like, side plot ideas that they just kind of crammed them in to build a path towards an ending instead of really like, having a clear idea of the end that they wanted to end up with at the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, I guess the last comparison I want to make to None of That is, uh, when we watched None of That, which was a in a lesbian non exploitation film, because um, I like saying that, and I'm not gonna get to say that that often, because we like can only watch like one film by Richard Mark Griffin like per year. So, <laughs> lesbian non exploitation film. Everybody um, in the audience, try saying it out loud. Lesbian non exploitation. Let's say it film. together. One, two, three. lesbian non exploitation film. Non exploitation film. Uh, <laughs> I sound like the chilled guy from the top there wasn't, 15 lists. <laughs> if, I, if I remember correctly, one of the things, one of the criticisms uh, that y'all had about um, now that was sort of the lesbianism, like in a lot of exploitation films, was kind of like tacked on for like sort of a, like selling point as like um, ex- exploitation value. Uh, like a lot of ex- 
exploitative films would do, like have two girls like make out or uh, like roll around naked, uh, just like get people in the seats. Um, so I was wondering, um, do you prefer sort of like the overt sexuality, like gayness of this film compared to sort of like the more, uh, I don't exploitativeness of like none of that? I don't know. I think every penis after f- two is exploitation. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. Like, the, none of that was very yeah, much just into exploitation. It was very much like lesbianism films. for the sake of being. Oh my God! Look, there are lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, you're right. The gayness in this film does kind of have like this film feels more inherently queer than none of that does. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Because um, I remember when I watched none of that, like. Now that I'm thinking back to it, there were a couple of times when I was like, was this directed by, like, a straight guy that just, like, <laughs> like watches a lot of lesbian porn? <laughs> like, this didn't make me feel that way. Like, this felt authentically more queer. So. This feels like it was directed by a gay guy that watches a lot of lesbian porn. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Is what Absolutely, <you're> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Would you say that you're satisfied with what this film has to offer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part. It was entertaining. I'd watch it again. Hmm. Not satisfied. Not enough penis. <laughs> All right. Well, if since you brought it up, do you think this film could have worked better as a porno? Absolutely! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've made I my want position you to expand on this. On this. I, don't, I don't know if it was clear enough. You're being kind yes, of ex- expand kind on of the idea. About this, oh, do you do you need me to say it more straight out? Okay, this movie no. <laughs> should have been a porno. <laughs> I don't know if you need me to say it Expand in my five and a half imaginary <laughs> languages, but yes, make them up. Make uh, them up six, on actually. The spot right um, now. <laughs> no, one of them is real, Nato. <laughs> no, no, you have seven imagine. You have you speak seven languages. One is one is real, so that's six imaginary. Oh wow, I'm a real polyglot, y'all. <laughs> oh man. Um. Paul, uh, so, could you could you expand on why you think this should be a porno? Um, so I could not, on one hand, count the amount of times where I thought, okay, now cut to the blowjob or cut to the sex scene or like slow down the shots or like. <laughs> change the music just a hair and like all of a sudden you would have a fully functioning porno i mean they make future they like they make feature length pornos this could have easily been one it's true <laughs> like there's a whole 
There is a whole market for porn with plot. It, it, <laughs> there's a whole like group of people. I will that say, can't just get off to mindless sex. This would have made a great porno. As someone who has watched both the Thirty Rock and the Office porno, um. Um, and the smurfs porno which is horrifying and what was the other one the teenage Mutant ninja turtles won the pokemon one oh god why have i watched so many porn parodies uh i think the balance between doing porn and comedy is a very (laughs) it's a very thin line of cocaine. Uh, but I think because my feeling with the penises in this film, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I, what is the word that I'm thinking of? Um, Amelia, what is the word? I think the penises are begrudgingly there. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's, cause it's, cause it's like, it, all, it always just feels like it's expected that there's mm-hmm. penises in gay films, you know? It's like, uh, how none of that you expect breasts and, and that's what you get. Um, I kind of feel like the penises in this, and we're going to watch Trap for Danger pro, uh, probably next year, which if I remember correctly, has a lot more penises in it, in that one. Um, some of the same penises, too. Uh, but um, it kind of feels like they were added in mm-hmm. as fan service more than, like, something that... that uh, was like part of the director's like ultimate vision, and I could be completely wrong there. Like Richard Margraffin could have could have just gone, you know what this film needs? Four penises. Your penis. Your penis. Your penis. <laughs> not yours. Your penis too. And I want them in there, and <laughs> they're just gonna be like boom in your face. And I, because I, like you never see penises in film, so I just I want people to see penises and I want them to accept it. And it could have been like that or something else. I don't know. I'm, I'm putting oh. words in the now, in his you mouth. You say directorial uh, vision, like there was a lot of it in this movie. I mean, I think there was a lot of artistic and direct vision in this, just from like, I mean, the look of it. Uh, the way he directs his actors and the way the performances he gets, like you have to admit like watching this in comparison to like Brokeback Mountain and a lot of the other films that we've watched, it stands out as far as like, it's got this like surreal aspect to its presentation uh, from like the acting. I I see where you're coming from, but also uh, hashtag not that Bruce Lee. <laughs> okay, let me put it this way. Um, I don't have my glasses on, 
Give me a second. I'm trying to focus. Okay, so Beverly mm-hmm. Kills. We all remember Be- Beverly Indeed. Kills, right? All right, so Beverly Kills is a low-budget movie. Go li- listen to our episode on it if you want to know what we thought about it. Um, but basically, like, that that movie was very much a, a low-budget film with actors that they probably were the best that they could get. I think we can agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Probably most of them were their friends. It felt like this movie, like, the type of acting, especially, like, with the overdub and the voices and sort of, like, the campness and the over-enunciation, a lot of the characters are just completely over the top. I feel like that was... I feel like that's a good representation of his directing style, is just, like, taking the idea we have of camp and just like pushing it to a line. All right. All right. I I I see where you're coming from. I I I concede your point. <laughs> I can make a really controversial sure. statement if y'all if you want. Go ahead. Get us canceled, NATO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Everyone thinks like Plan Nine from Outer Space is like, and Glenn and Glinda are like like the heights of like, camp and stuff like that, but they just don't have like, it's it's like the nostalgia filter, so they're not as campy as you think they are, and that's mm-hmm. just someone who watched both of those recently, because I was considering us having like an Ed Wood day. <laughs> so this is this film is, in my opinion, what people. Mm-hmm imagine camp was camp films were more so than what they actually were because if you go if you go watch like uh creature from the hillbilly lagoon and atomic brain invasion those are a lot closer to what uh like camp films actually were and this is what camp films yeah this is like your entry level camp mm-hmm. yeah like you have some clear examples and you can point them out to a person who's never interacted with that style of filmmaking before. And you can point them out as saying, like, these are the elements that are camp and this is why they're camp. And it's kind of easily recognizable. I think Richard Mar Griffin should make a porno. Should though. he like, not honestly, make he a porno? It should be based on this movie. <laughs> I mean, this... It, I need a codename. Because a lot of his film immediately. A, a lot of his, a lot of his like latest films, uh, "Gay as the Sun," uh, "Disorienting Dick" looks l- very much like a setup to a porno. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of it. But he made this one. Um, he made this one short film called uh, I think it was Crash Site, and it's it's basically like a short film porno, like. Because it's like about an alien that has like uh, telepathic powers that basically he makes guys like if gay and stuff like that and make out with each other, and it's like that that is a great setup to like uh you know <laughs> uh sort of like comedic yet kind of hot gay porno um and I think he should like I would love to see like 
a porno with the with the style of Richard Mar Griffin. Or at least some penetration. That would be nice. All right, let's ride off into the portal with the men of our dreams. So, Amelia, did this movie make you want to spontaneously combust with pleasure or vote for anti-gay murderous Republican hashtag uh, not sorry, all Republicans? I'm sorry, repeat the first prompt because that's the one. The Yes, I watched this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, also, question. Spontaneously did combust he ejaculate with pleasure? glitter? Because I think that's he, just he what was in his mind. It was just glitter everywhere. I think they probably did that to avoid, like, and, like. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine, like, just, like, blood everywhere? Try imagine getting this movie rated when there are four penises All right. and Well, regardless, this movie made me sense. want to ejaculate glitter. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, bro and that's bro did this bro did this movie make bro did this movie make you believe you could revive your cryogenically frozen boyfriend who both is and isn't Bruce Lee hashtag not that Bruce Lee or be stuck in a marriage for 11 years after get after fathering a child with a woman you don't love. Uh, nope, not worth it. Four penises and not one of them is Dinah Studs. Uh, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayAkaPod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest some movies to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Nato Kids reminding you that we don't just kick ass, we eat it too. Later. Eating ass is not on the food pyramid! <laughs> <laughs> Later. <laughs>